Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up today on KWTX at 4, we are kicking off our weekly series in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And the Waco Pride Network prepares for a day of community and acceptance out on the Brazos. And we're taking a look at several movies hitting the big screen this month. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Lauren Westbrook and Chief Meteorologist Brady Taylor. And as we're coming on the air here and beginning our live stream online, we want to tell you uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was just ousted from his leadership role in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, the final vote was 216 to 210 with eight Republicans joining the Democrats to remove McCarthy. Right now, uh, Representative Patrick McHenry, who was a McCarthy ally, he has uh, kind of announced himself as the Speaker pro temp temporarily. So that's where things stand. We're going to have more on this at 5 o'clock. We wanted yeah. to let you know, you know what's breaking going news on. Yeah, right for sure. Now. Just happening now. All right. So uh, speaking of breaking news or other, other alerts we might get, have you been in a room when everybody's phones begin going off at the same time with an alert, that buzzing sound? It's going to happen tomorrow. Yes, it is. Tomorrow at 1.20 p.m. our time, your smartphone will let out a loud screech. So be prepared for that. This is going to be on some devices, all part of a nationwide test of the emergency alert system from the federal government. The test, the messages will be sent to all cell phones, televisions and radios. You should also get a text message telling you it's only a test. This is the second time the federal government has sent the alerts to mobile phones. Similar warnings, like you mentioned, Justin, for weather or amber alerts usually originate from the state you live in. This is national. The goal is to ensure the system is running smoothly and the event Americans are threatened by an actual emergency. Again, that is tomorrow at 1.20 p.m. local time. And now on to today's Daily Four. Ready for that for sure. Okay, we all know branches of the military have physical fitness standards for active duty personnel. You're aware of that, but they do vary from branch to branch. They're all kind of all over the place. And the Pentagon is trying to make sure the tests are more consistent and more accurate. People obviously have different body types. You could you could be the most physically fit person in your unit and still fail to measure a tape measure test if your waist isn't quote unquote the right size. So the Wall Street Journal says right now branches use tape measures frequently when calculating body mass index. The Pentagon is looking into technology to give more accurate measurements and taking the Marines, for example. Now they do use tape measures. They also give use technology to give people scans either. Um, I'm going to try to see this correctly. Bioelectrical impedance analysis or, did it. or <laughs> this one's harder or dual energy X-ray absorptiometry to see if they're technically overweight. Brady could have gotten that right better than me, but I think that's what failed both of those. So, <laughs> and the journal reports that soon uh, the Marines may actually ditch the tape measure and just use that technology. And I, have you experienced one of these before to test your BMI? Don't want to either. So they, they kind of make you stand. They're all different, <laughs> right? But you, some of them you stand barefoot on this, you know, kind of metal surface and two little footprints and they kind of run this electric current through your body and then it tests it. I can tell you from experience, they're not always that consistent. I mean, they, they can vary widely. 
you know, from week what's, to week. What's, when's the last time so, you saw an out of shape Marine? You, you don't see a no, lot. No, no, because yeah. of those because <laughs> of those standards. So, but I think you know yeah. it, it is wise to take into consideration that you know some people are just built more like a refrigerator. That's just how we are sometimes. If you can and, do the thing yeah. and you can do the thing, like yeah. if you can complete the task, yeah. who cares if your butt's bigger or if you're <laughs> sorry, or if your <laughs> waist is. isn't as small, but yeah. like. Okay, yeah, like if you can do it, you can do it. Yeah, there are actually, and if you look in some of the guidance from different military branches going back decades, they said people just look better if their waist is small. And it actually literally says that. And so I think now that people are realizing, okay, you can be really tough and really great at this job serving your country and, and maybe not meet those physical standards that we think we want. Be like me and not look in shape and not be in shape. <laughs> <laughs> There's no test that I just got to point at a wall and talk about the weather. Ridic no, 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 ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, so that's going to be changing for anyone that you might know if you are in the military yourself. Uh, maybe that's coming down the pike, so it could be could be a good thing. Now it's All number right. two in our daily four. Well, speaking of being mean, uh -huh. it is today's Mean Girls Day. How did that day come to be? You might ask. Well, in the popular 2004 film, there is a scene where Aaron Samuels, played by Jonathan Bennett, turns to Katie Heron, who is Lindsay Lohan, in class and asks her what day it is. She answers, it's October 3rd. It was a very powerful <laughs> moment. To celebrate, Paramount has made the movie available for free in 23 parts on TikTok. The film has become a cult classic, even spurred a musical, which is also a movie scheduled for release next year. I definitely watched that movie. I thought it was brilliantly directed, amazing cast. It's funny. There are 23 TikToks? You have to go through every I'm not even one. on TikTok. I know. I know. I'll just, you pull it up on Netflix probably. I'm sure it's out there somewhere streaming. But it's nice that they did it for free. Yeah, um, and Tina Fey is involved. She was the creator of this. Yeah. And she's auctioning off her annotated script of Mean Girls the Musical. It comes with the handwritten notes and sketches in the margins, sharing her thoughts and ideas from the creation of the original film and the musical. She's among a group of showbiz A-listers who have donated first editions of their work for the auction. And the auction for Faye's scripts, they run until October 6th at theauctioncollective.com. I feel like you're giving us uh, kind of like a, you know, a school kind of look today, like oh. a uniform. Oh, girl, I, I got the mean girl. This is kind of a clueless feel. vibe today. <laughs> a little, maybe that one, another fantastic film, but you yes. know, Mean Girl's Day. Uh, her hair is big because it's so full of secrets. That's one of the best lines <laughs> ever. Good. It's full, full of secrets. Full of secrets. Oh, and then of course the word fetch. Fetch is happening. It has happened. It happened. It's if Brady you know, knows you all know. about that. I, I think I watched parts of it one time where Stacy was watching, but I didn't pay a lot of attention. It's one of those I can remember bits and pieces, but I think I was falling asleep hearing all of it. But well, the musicals, I mean, if you yeah, haven't seen the that. songs are great. They've got some bops in there, like really, really fantastic music. So if it comes to your theater screen, whatever actual theater, go go see it. That's My really favorite cool. is she doesn't even go here. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> That's right. On Wednesdays we wear pink. Yeah, yes. It's Tuesday. I'm not too I got to listen to in the commercial break. <laughs> I'm sorry. Number three in our daily for it. <laughs> All right. So it seems like robots and AI are trying to take over everything. So Chipotle is trying a out a robotic assembly line. Uh, the Mexican grill chain is teaming up with food service platform hyphen on a prototype robot to make salads uh, if a, so if a digital order includes a salad or a bowl, it'll go through an automated system. Uh, then a container moves along the conveyor belt, dropping all your stuff in there that you requested. At the end, the system raises it up, raises up the bowl so the employees can add finishing touches, lid, and stuff like that. 
Foley says the system could tackle about 65% of the orders. Employees would still have to make burritos, though, and other items. Uh, Chipotle recently tested a robot called Autocado. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that uh, yeah. to make their signature guacamole. So. I, you know, they said that they may be testing the, a dishwashing robot next. Now, I understand making it wash the dishes because that's one of the jobs I had to do when I was a teenager. <laughs> but I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, you know, having robotic-made stuff. Yeah. And you know, plus, I mean, that's just another job taken away, and it gets because we're not going to save money on it. They're still going to charge us the same amount, even if we're not an employee making money. I had Chipotle last night. Yeah, it's, human it's, being it's made it. Pretty We're good gonna stuff. get Keisha Lopez on this with restaurant report cards. See oh, it goes. Well, I mean, the day that the robot goes berserk and starts throwing lettuce and queso <laughs> at customers, I think they're gonna probably. Plus, that's that's half the fun. Is different people put different amount of different things on yeah. there. It makes your meal a little different and every time. If you time give a little wink, a little smile, <laughs> maybe you get a little extra queso. Get Here's a little, a little extra. extra. Uh, a little dollar in there. To the bill. Exactly. <laughs> right over there. 50 cents just for you. <laughs> Let's take a look now at number four in our daily four. Apparently, in addition to red flags and green flags in dating, there are beige flags in the dating world. So the different flags are being talked about across social media. But you don't know if you don't know, red flags are warning signs that indicate unhealthy or manipulative behavior. Um, according to the domestic violence hotline, that can be things like putting you down, controlling who you see, preventing you from making your own decisions. Green flags are good things, positive actions, so beige flags, what are beige flags? I thought at first it may be boring, but the term went viral earlier this year. Yeah, that was yeah, <laughs> beige flag. I just have a fly a beige flag. It shows flag. quirks. It's, it's all it's of our the, quirks. It's the quirks, yes. and it's going strong. 1.3 billion views and counting on this, and the relationship experts say, like you say, beige flags can be quirky or funny behavior that might give a potential date pause but aren't really deal breakers. And they give examples like um, setting a timer instead of an alarm, taking 30 minutes to wake up, not liking to eat dinner in silence. I can think of things that, that in, in my in my dating life in the past, you know, several years that have been, have. Do painted. you have one? Where do these well, flags I don't show up at? It. It's been like a quarter of a century since I really dated. So, uh, where are these flags showing up? In behavior, like in like behavior. you posted somewhere, or like, or, or you're just the way you act. Yeah, that's a, the way they interact, the things that they do. So I will tell you, this is mine. I'll just give you a heads up. So. <laughs> For everybody I, out there, I will, it, whenever you date me, <laughs> I never listen to Prince in the car, ever, 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 because every wreck I've had, Prince has been on the radio. Prince has been on the radio, okay. Maybe I was just really into it and wasn't paying attention in these wrecks. Not, but no, it, yeah, never. I just want to, that's a beige flag. Well, or purple, I know, I know I you're married, Brady, but you probably have one. I, I would think mine would be <laughs> like, I like to fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm sure I got plenty of weird quirks. I'm, I'm not a very like. Right now. Now, oh, and she probably give you a ton. One, a funny one that doesn't fit that I just thought of. So Max Scherzer, the picture for the Rangers. He's a very like you don't mess with him on Daisy uh -huh. pitches. He also has a rule that you can't play country music in the clubhouse on Daisy pitches. Oh, why I don't know, but only on those days. So no country music for the Rangers. Yeah, you know, but yeah. beige flags. And can you deal with this quirk? Is the question you have to ask yourself. And I think most of them are pretty tolerable. Well, there was an article I saw that putting those beige flags up is like doomed for your dating profile. So really, so don't tell yeah, people you don't do don't put thing. up no, those you, beige flags. You but I think act that's like transparent. Yeah. Because if you don't find them out in dating, you're going to find them out when you're married. For I mean, sure. That's yeah. true. You're so, going to keep up the illusion for so long. <laughs> then you have to start gaslighting the other person and making them think it's their fault. That's not good. That's, that's toxic behavior. Whole other conversation. That's a red flag. Don't do that. <laughs> don't gaslight. So when don't you do gaslight. quotes for mean girls, you just go ahead and do it. You know? <laughs> wow. Well, and then you pronounce me undateable. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it.
Hey, Justin does some other one. I mean, you got Pitbull, he does that too. Oh, actually, there it's been a little minute. It's been a minute. I'm not going to try it. We're off the rails. Yeah. This one here is called Guile Joy. Welcome back, everyone. Starting today and every Tuesday in October, right here on KWTX at 4, we are going to explore a different topic in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month from prevention to self exams to how to approach illness with your family and kids. And today we have Dr. Will Doby, a radiologist with Baylor Scott and White Medical Center, Hillcrest, here to talk about mammography and what a uh, more appropriate time to be doing it uh, than the month that everybody talks about breast cancer awareness. So how important are mammograms? Uh, they're so important. I mean, we've shown uh, that mammograms do reduce the mortality of breast cancer. We've shown that uh, in studies over the last 50 years and that continues to be the case. Uh, Dr. Doby, so right now the recommendation is that women come in at 40 uh, to get a mammogram why is it important for women to heed to that advice of making sure that once you're 40, you're going in and you're getting that done? Right. It's important to establish that. So every year, um, you want to have a, a mammogram every year after the age of 40 and beginning at age of 40. Um, that's so important because you don't want to you don't want to miss a breast cancer, miss mm -hmm. a year, and uh, give it an extra year to grow. Early detection is the key in breast cancer. So you see this in and out every single day and I think I mean I can speak on behalf of a lot of women you get busy and you think okay I will get that done and then you look up and six months has passed by and you look back in a year and it has passed by maybe two years what have you seen in those instances where maybe somebody decided to wait a year or two years uh, we saw that during COVID we kept doing screening in COVID but uh, there were a sig significant number of, uh, of women that that skipped uh, mammography that year and so um, I saw a trend where uh, cancers were a little bit later stage um, whenever, um, whenever we started resuming mammograms in those patients after, after a two-year uh, time period rather than the, the annual year. And that really can make, I mean, that could be a life or death Absolutely, difference. right. So when you, when you catch cancers at a later stage, the prognosis changes. So we want to catch cancers as early as possible, and that's where screening mammography is so important. So for women who have not had a mammogram before, maybe you're looking ahead to 40, maybe you're past 40 and you've never done it before, how would you describe that process for women when they come in? Uh, when they come in, it's basically compression, light compression of the breast. Um, in order to displace some of the tissue and, and, uh, and get a clear picture of what's inside the breast. Um, the less you can make the tissue overlap, the better, the better off you are. Because um, overlapping tissue um, can mask a, a breast cancer. I, I won't say that I was nervous when I went in. I think I told you this because of just some prior health things with, for me personally, I went in before 40. But I was a little bit nervous, you know, if it's just not having had done it before. It's not an uncomfortable, I mean, it's not comfortable, but it's not anything painful that you have to go through. And it's usually pretty quick. Right. It shouldn't be painful. If it is painful, then then I would recommend talking to someone, talking to your doctor about that. And uh, the next time you have a mammogram, um, have someone else have someone else do it. Yeah, I have certainly not had that problem personally myself. Now, what about when you are looking down to read a mammogram? What are you looking for? So in, the, in cases where I have a previous mammogram, I'm looking for subtle changes in the, uh, in the density of the breast. Um, women, uh, women's breasts on uh, mammogram have an appearance like kind of like a fingerprint. Everybody, everybody's a little bit different. So it's important to have that, that previous mammogram there to look at. And so then we can detect really subtle changes in the breast. 
We also look for calcification, certain types of calcifications um, that can be an, an identifier of early breast cancer and also an obvious mass. If, if a large mass has popped up, then oh, we can see that. You just brought up something that's pretty interesting because not only is it important to get it year to year so that you can find something new if there is something new, but you're saying on the doctor's end, even if it's clean, you it's nice to have a comparison Absolutely. to look from just a previous year. Absolutely. What advice would you um, would you give to women as it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and in your profession, seeing this day in and day out? Is there anything that you feel like uh, women miss or maybe women don't do that you just would like to share with the general public? It's it's important to do self breast, breast examinations. I recommend uh, that my patients do those uh, every month, uh, do them at the same time every month and uh, and, and do that in adjuvant uh, with doing a mammogram every year. Um, and then set a reminder for yourself for your mammogram, mark it on your calendar, do it on your birthday. Um, but some, those are uh, those are little reminders that uh, that can help women remember and to do that. And when you say self exams, because we've all heard it, is there any more like specifics you can give a woman about? I mean, is it just if you feel a lump, anything different? What do you say? Anything to look different? It's a, it's important to know the the how your breasts feel, mm -hmm. um, and that's the importance of doing it at the same time every month. Um, hormones, uh, cycling hormones in women can change the feel of the breasts. So it's important to get a baseline feel of, of what your breasts feel like, and that way if something new pops up, then it's easy to detect. What about, and there are many women out there that maybe don't have insurance or don't have a lot of access to medical care, what's your advice for them? Uh, there are a lot of resources out there, a lot of grants. Um, contact the Hillcrest Breast Center and uh, we can help them find, uh, find that help. What if you have breast cancer in your family? So it's important to talk to your doctor if you have breast cancer in your family or even other cancers. Go over, go with your doctor, um, go over with your doctor the the uh, the details of your family history. Um, there may be a need to start screening sooner. Um, in some patients that, that do have a family history or have a, a known genetic predisposition to breast cancer, uh, we start those patients screening a little bit earlier. So that's that's something very important to go over with with your doctor. Are there any guidelines or recommendations when it comes to breast health that you have seen in recent times that have changed? Maybe some misinformation that you feel like might be out there. There is some misinformation. There has been a, a push by certain organizations to to perhaps extend the period uh, from annual mammography to biannual every every two years, um, and that's not something that uh, that has been. Uh, proven scientifically um, and in studies to be beneficial. In fact, that can be detrimental um, because it allows another year for a cancer to grow if it were to pop up. And again, that pushes us to a later stage breast cancer mm -hmm. rather than finding it early. Uh, yeah, I think I told you when you came here and I was asking, should you be going before 40? I mean, so thinking about putting it after that, yeah, I, yeah just when, once you turn 40, the recommendation is that you go in and you, and you get that uh, mammogram and that we all do our part and we do what we can to try to eradicate this disease or do what we can to fight it and prevent it and, uh, and just do all that we can. We know there's a lot of uh, happenings that are going on with breast cancer research we're thankful for that but as women we can all do our part as well so thank you so much for coming in dr doby we, we certainly appreciate it thank you for having me. brady mentioned earlier this weekend's weather is going to be perfect for some outdoor activities so why not join the waco pride network for their fifth annual out on the brazos pride festival the event it's happening saturday october 7th at brazos park east to celebrate national coming out day and support the central texas lgbtqia
plus community. Here to tell us more is Nova Gabler with the Waco Pride Network. So thank you for coming today. Looking festive in your fall earrings with your pumpkins. We love that. Okay, so for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about the Waco Pride Network and how it began. Yeah, the Waco Pride Network came together to create community-centric events for the LGBTQ plus community and our allies to come together to sort of celebrate all that community. Yeah, where did the idea come from? Because this is the fifth year mm -hmm. and I, I can imagine it was hard starting out. Yeah, it actually just started out as a community picnic in 2017. It was a really small event and now we've grown to over 100 vendors and there's so many local businesses coming out and supporting and we had over 500 guests at last year's event so we're really excited to see the growth this year. Yeah, I bet it really has grown since the beginning those events often do and we'll talk more about the specifics in a minute but what do you feel is the goal of the event what do you want folks to know? Uh, we really wanted to create a sort of a safe place for everybody to be themselves. We've got a costume contest so you can wear something that you feel more represents who you are on the inside and we've got lots of fun activities so that the whole family can come out including your pets which is really fun and exciting yes, yes. oh my gosh we love that i i'm so excited to see these doggy photos that you're oh, seeing yes. on the screen right now and you can scan that qr code for more information this is an all-day thing a lot of activities for people to get involved with what can you tell us about the vendor market and who's involved there so we've got a lot of local artists and there's food and drinks. There's so many different people. We've got candles, t-shirts, stuffed animals, anything from like the top of your closet to the bottom. It's insane how many people have come to show their support this year. We saw the musicians there a second ago, like you're gonna have some performances, I imagine, yes. some music and things like that. Um, so in this event, as you said, is family friendly. What is there specifically for kids to look forward to? Um, we do have an arts and crafts tent and we're also having like a book swap. There's gonna be bounce houses and a puppy parade. Oh, I think yes. that that's gonna be really exciting for the kids to go and see. And adults. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't puppies? love dogs? Yeah, it's so fun. Again, the QR code is on your screen, and that goes to your website where people can find a whole schedule of events. There are some guest speakers. Would you like to mention some of those? Um, we've got guest speakers and performances. We've got some local live bands coming out to perform and dancers. I know we have Mars 77, they were there last year, and Rad Dragon, they're both like amazing performers and I always love to go and see them out there. Just be aware to wear sunscreen, oh my goodness, because you're gonna catch all of it. And for people who don't know, that's a really cool little space because there's a lot, you can there are like walking trails there, there's some, you know, some woods nearby, and then it's just a really pretty view. So enjoy the day. It's gonna be a nice day to be outside. Oh, Aren't you yeah. glad the weather's better? Yeah. It's, it's been rough a, a couple different years for the weather purposes. Um, anything else you want people to know about the event and why it's, it's just a fun event to come out and celebrate and have a sense of community? I think that it's really beautiful to have something like this here in Waco. We've seen so much growth here in the central Texas area and smaller towns like Temple and even Kempner are having their own pride events and I feel like having this in a community like ours is so important so you don't have to go out to those big like pride events in Austin or Dallas you can find it right here at home. What does pride mean to you when, when people see pride festival and that's a label on an event what does that mean to you? I think that that means 
being secure in who you are, finding love in your community, around people that love and appreciate you, that's like the joy of it. Like pride is what you need it to be, what you want it to be. I know that we've had some folks on um, from different areas around Central Texas who business owners typically mm -hmm. are, are some folks who are kind of the, the catalyst for some of the pride events. I know Temple in particular is one is one location. Do you find that the business community has been pretty supportive here as well here in Central Texas? Yeah, I have been passing out like flyers to hang up and I've gone to a couple of businesses that are involved, but some of the uh, businesses that aren't involved whatsoever were more than happy to hang up the flyers like MC Art Supplies. As I was driving away, I literally saw him putting it in the window and I was like, oh, well, that was so great. I wish you had that in slow motion as you're. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, that's so that's great. great. Do you think that as some of these communities grow, or some of these movements grow in different communities, there's an, as a chance to kind of work together? You mentioned Temple and some other cities having their own pride events. Do you see kind of a maybe group forming of the different cities where you can kind of come together for something else in the future, new projects? I really hope so. I know that. Here in Waco, the only reason why we avoid doing anything around Pride Month specifically is because it is so dang hot. So but hot the is. more that the community grows and the more that we come together, I think that like creating those collaborations and creating like bigger, safer communities for all of us to come together, just, it sounds like a really good goal to me. Thank you so much yes. for being with us and for yeah. sharing your message. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful day. Head out and check it out. Again, that's going to be happening Saturday, October 7th from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. Brazos Park East. Bring your launcher, bring your sunscreen, <laughs> and stay all day. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.